Welcome to Conversations with I Follow the Leader, made possible by I Follow the Leader, LLC. I am your host, Antonetta Mosley. I'm the CEO and Principal Leader at I Follow the Leader and a Certified Diversity Professional. I founded the firm in 2016 because I believe the historical prototype of what a successful leader looks like needs to change. We help leaders and organizations thrive and reach their highest potential. This is a place where those of a different feather can soar together. Thanks for joining us today. Hello, everyone. It is Antonetta Mosley, the Chief Encouragement Officer at I Follow the Leader, and we are here for episode 58 of Conversations with I Follow the Leader, integrating strategy and culture with Trina McCarroll. I am so excited because Trina and I have a lot in common around valuing strategy, culture, but also courage. And so I am so excited for you to meet her and hear more about the wonderful work that she is doing in Canada and beyond. And so you are gonna hear from her. She is an executive advisor and the founder of Hello Courage, Trina. Welcome, welcome. Thanks so much for being here. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me today. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited because we've been able to to connect virtually um, and have been cheering each other on. And so to have you on today is just really a treat. Uh, For those who may not know what we are discussing today, I will read just a quick intro about what this episode is going to be about. So we're going to discuss culture building and why does it often take a backseat in strategic planning and the ramifications of that oversight if that's something that's happened to you. And Trina has a really unique perspective on common challenges And she's going to share some success stories. So she's going to tell us why do we need to integrate strategy and culture? And we'll talk about why is this still unique? Why are people still not doing this? And I love that Trina is. And then Trina is going to elaborate on the significance of courageous leadership and the need for a holistic, human-centered approach in shaping organizational success. And I am excited. So Trina, if you can just tell us a little bit more about you and the work that you're currently doing with Hello Courage. Yes, certainly. Certainly. Thanks so much. Super fun intro and really looking forward to our conversation today. And I've been a longtime fan of your work and your courage work and strategy as well as the DEI focus. And so just delighted to be here. So thanks for having me. So yeah, as you mentioned, I'm the founder of Hello Courage, and I do consulting and facilitation for executive teams and boards for organizations in about mid to size, mid to large organizations across Western Canada. And uh, we mentioned that maybe one day, though, we'll we'll share a stage together (laughs) talking all about courage, too, because really, there it takes so much courage for executives to really lead in a human-centered way and to tackle strategy and culture. 
Um, all executives know that strategy and culture are their top responsibilities and really the areas that they want to focus on the most, setting the vision, setting the direction for the organization. So they often call me in when they need help with those two areas, both strategy and culture. And so on the strategy side, I really help organizations set clear goals, really focus where should they put their resources, their time and attention. Everyone knows resources are scarce. You have to decide intentionally where to focus. And then on the culture side, really it's about making intentional choices about building your culture, that the way we do things around here is how a lot of people describe culture. You know, you walk into a workplace, you start to get a vibe, a personality, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. And so all of that culture can really be intentionally built with time and attention. And so I really support executive teams to bring those two areas together, strategy and culture, because that's how you have the biggest success in the market that you're trying to impact. Um, thank you. And I, for those who are watching, and if you're new to the podcast, I'm looking down because I'm always taking notes uh, because I'm always learning as well. And something I just highlighted is intentionally built. And so I think that's something often culture will, right? Culture is always going to have a personality, whether you're intentional about it or not. And so yeah. I love that intentionally built piece, because mm -hmm. if you don't intentionally build it, right, it's you're still going to have a culture personality, but usually that is not a good thing. Yes, exactly, exactly. And I think it can really happen by accident or it can happen by design. Yeah. I love that. Yes. Accident or design. And I know people often bring you in uh, to the work when unfortunately the culture was built by accident instead of design to have you help. And so if you can share what are the typical types of organizations uh, that you're providing support to right now. Yeah, yes, yeah, exactly. So I am based um, near Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. As we mentioned, we were comparing the weather earlier. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's beautiful right now and, you know, beautiful right now. And the winters are just fine. And um, so <laughs> most of my focus is on mid to large size organizations across Western Canada. And um, I really, I my biggest clients are really collaborative leaders who really recognize that they want to do business in a new way that really they want to get big results they want to have big success and have a really human-based approach to their work for their teams to thrive so those are most often the type of leaders that really resonate with the new era of integrating strategy and culture and human human-based leadership so they often give me a call yeah, I think that's great. And and this has been a theme lately of how do we do things better um, and how do we center, right, the people in the work? And I think just all of us going through a, a global pandemic and, you know, just the aftermath of that, I saw recently the CDC and, and other people, right, are saying loneliness is an epidemic now. And and, and people just not feeling connected. And so I think it's so critical, the work that you're doing, right? People more than ever before want to feel a sense of belonging 
and psychological safety at work, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. We spend so much of our time at work and um, our closest relationships can often be at work. And really, all of the research shows about the impact of our boss and of our coworkers on our mental health on our overall well-being. And so, um, so many leaders want to be, a, you know, a positive, really, you know, impactful leader, but they often need some support and some expertise and some time, to be honest, to have some experts brought in to really help design and help facilitate all of the conditions for people to thrive. And so it's really, um, it's really encouraging to see the increase in that type of leadership. I call it courageous leadership, um, with along with our uh, love of courage and um, human-centered leadership is another title for it lately that's really wanting to have big impact in a human-centered way. And that's also another, um, a lot of my clients have said that um, I have two nicknames that I've heard of, uh, Brene Brown of Canada, which I will <laughs> lovingly take, <laughs> I'll yes. lovingly take that uh, nickname. And then also really the component of humanizing strategy. That strategy really, you know, there's a lot of analytics involved in strategy, you know, yes. marketplace, uh, you know, trends, you're looking at financials. You're looking at, you know, customer service satisfaction, all sorts of data. And you want the data and the emotions and the culture of your organization to be included in that strategy development and strategy execution. And so really known for the, you know, humanizing strategy because it's people that are going to be delivering it. So let's involve people in the design and in in the implementation as well. That's beautiful. And I, I think it's so important. Uh, something we talk about is how do we make sure people are celebrated versus tolerated mm-hmm. in the workplace and, and receiving right that extra care and, and attention, um, which often is individualized, right? It really depends yeah. on the leaders to be, and, and I so agree, right? That courageous leadership of actually taking the time to do some of this background work that it may, right? It's gonna seem like, oh, it's taking away from the work, but of course we know it just adds and multiplies the success. So yes, if you yes. can share just from your opinion, why do you think um, integrating strategy and culture, how, how does culture often become this afterthought, this back burner? We'll get to it next month, which becomes next year. Um, thing. Yes, certainly, certainly. So sometimes strategic planning gets a bit more attention, often gets more attention. It's often linked to the budget cycle where you're setting your budget for the following year. You need to have your priorities. The board and the executive team knows that they need a strategy and a strategic plan perhaps. So there's a bit of a natural cycle to the fiscal year that requires strategic planning. So lots of focus gets placed there. And then sometimes, that's right, uh, culture really gets relegated. Sometimes it gets delegated to HR that the executive team thinks, you know, oh, we have a morale problem, HR, can you look into that? And really, it, it needs to be the whole executive team and the whole leadership team throughout the organization are really um, in charge of creating the culture and, and taking the time to do the culture by design. So I think when culture gets either delegated to HR or when it gets, um, yeah, an afterthought. 
Sometimes it's really common in a lot of, you know, business articles and a lot of books and research about, you know, you set your strategy and then later on you align your culture to the strategy. And I just like, you know, that's fine. And at least it culture is being considered, but I just like to bring culture up front with strategy and to really integrate it from the beginning. And so you can really treat culture as one of your competitive advantages, right? You have great talent. They want to stay. They want to do a good job. Almost, you know, 99% of employees and top star talent want to do an exceptional job at work. Yep. And so giving them the conditions to be able to do that. So really just integrating strategy and culture, like intertwined from the beginning and treating them step-by-step step in interlock and how they can really strengthen one another. As you do your strategic planning, you can incorporate culture building as part of the process. And it really maximizes both of their benefits. You get stronger profitability, stronger execution and deliverables on your goals. And it's a better place to work when they're really interjoined. Thank you. That's great. And a question I wrote down that's great for the audience to consider is, is your culture a competitive advantage? Yeah. That is just a great question to, to ask yourself, to ask your leadership team. And so I just, those who are watching now um, or later, feel free to, to just put in the chat where you are tuning in from. It's always great to know where people are from. Uh, so whether you're watching on LinkedIn or YouTube or Facebook right now, I see some different people on different platforms on our back end. And so please feel free to let us know where you are watching from. And if you have any questions for Trina, please, please put them in the chat. If we can't get to them now, right, we'll make sure to tag Trina later and, and she can answer as she has time. So that is really helpful and something we see just a lot in our work is um, regulating it to the back burner or delegating it to HR. I love those things, right? Are you re yeah. regulating it or delegating it? Yeah. And of course, what you talk about is that intertwining. How yeah. do you intertwine it instead of having to come on the back end, which as we know, then employees really don't feel as much a part of it if it isn't done from the start and if their input isn't gathered from the beginning you really are then backtracking to get that so yeah. i'd yeah. love to know for those who are doing it right right or even those who realize they need your help later what are some of those wins or accomplishments that you've seen uh that the others can be encouraged about yeah certainly i have very like strong blessing of some amazing clients right now who are wanting to do really good work in this area. And um, they've had some fantastic success this year. One of my strategic planning clients, really progressive leader who wanted to have collaboration and they were starting from scratch, didn't have a strategic plan, vision, mission, values, didn't have anything. And so sometimes some executives would, you know, get five people in a room and come up with some drafts and, you know, circulate it and then, and then call it good. And that's kind of the way strategy used to be done yep. and vision, mission values, you know, that's kind of the old school way, but this leader was really collaborative and we wanted to build the organizational culture while we did the strategic planning process. 
And so we we did really thorough process and especially for vision, mission and values, the foundation of your organization and really, you know, the heartbeat of why people work there, of what you're trying to accomplish. And so we did some fantastic engagement sessions with staff and industry partners and clients and we really had meaningful dialogue. It wasn't just, uh, you know, take a look over this and, you know, it's, it's already done. It was really meaningful dialogue. And we used the words that the staff used and that resonated with, with their culture, resonated with their group. And so it was just a really meaningful process. And um, because I have both strategy and culture hats and expertise in my background, I'm also a big believer in metrics and, you know, making sure that you're um, getting the results. And so we did a lot of measurements before and after our planning process. And they had a 48% increase in clear expectations about wow. their culture, the behaviors that they knew that everyone was expected of one another. So they had a 48% increase in clear expectations for behavior and a 20% increase in sense of belonging of really wanting wow. to have, you know, that they had, a, they had a good sense of belonging to begin with. And then they strengthened it even more by 20% throughout the course of our, we did a six month project for that client. So huge success story. The staff were thrilled and really believed in their vision, mission values, and then the new direction that they're headed. And they were really on board and ready to want to deliver on that. So that was one fantastic example, kind of of starting from scratch and a huge kudos to that client. And then another one, another client that I have, had a really ambitious strategic plan, really ambitious and struggling to deliver on it, so much in it, wanting to do such good change and weren't quite able to get all of their ambitions actually in momentum. And so they called me and they knew that they needed to address both their culture and their strategy. So it's just like, Hallelujah. Let's do both at once. And yeah. so we really, we really were able to, they needed some strategic mechanisms, some reporting structures. They needed some clarity. They needed some prioritization, right? We can't do everything all at once. So there's these strategy mechanisms that we can put in place for implementation and achieving our ambitious goals. And we also talked about how, how can we strengthen the culture? How can we clear roles, clear responsibilities, um, having hard conversations in a human way, because often that's what takes time and attention away from getting the work done is, you know, we either don't have the conversations or they go really poorly. So having those hard conversations in a really respectful way, we're addressing both components at once and really starting to get some traction and some clarity on implementing their strategic plan and on really energizing their staff that they're part of it they're not the recipients of the strategic plan yeah. they're the drivers of the strategic plan in a good way so those are really two uh, shining client examples mm -hmm. right now that have just been so fortunate to work with this year and they're making such great progress that that's really beautiful i love the energizing right um how do you energize your employees and yes, by integrating strategy and culture, that's what people want. They want to 
be a part of things. And even if they come in later, they want to be able to understand the vision and, and to really feel like this is something we're living out every day, right? It's not just brought up once a year or on my yeah. performance review, but I have a really clear idea of what's going on. And so I think that's really great. The strategy portion, right? The measurable portion. And also what we see a lot of people struggle with is that sustainability. And so yeah. how do you make sure this document is a living, breathing thing, right? That's the human side exactly. versus just this piece of paper that we had to check the box, but this has nothing to do with our day-to-day -day movement. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So true. That's awesome. And I love the drivers, not the recipients, right? Mm -hmm. So, so actually giving employees um, that, again, going back to humanity, giving them the ability to learn, to grow, to lead. Yeah. And so by allowing them to be the drivers in the driver's seat, they're not just along for the ride. They yeah. really are helping to champion the strategy. So I think yeah, the, the work you're doing is so necessary and, and really kind of pushing back against, um, you know, some of the traditional ways of doing things because leadership has changed so much in the faces of leadership, right? And, and leaders have changed. And so how do we make sure we have the most generations in the workplace ever, right? Um, uh, globally, we're, we're more diverse uh, as a society. And so how do we ensure that everyone feels a, a part of it? So I think, yeah, really helpful. Uh, I think it's always important to also talk about some of the common fit, pitfalls that people experience um, when they may be trying to integrate strategy and culture in a new way or for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's no easy task. And as we mentioned before about courageous leadership, that's that's why I call it this is it's a it's a tough undertaking. I, I don't sugarcoat it with my leaders that I work with that this is going to be easy. Um, it is doable and it is learnable for everyone. But it, it's it's tough work. And um, and especially that it's a new leadership style you know, we haven't seen it role modeled that much before. So we're going to make a lot of trial and errors and learn as we go. And so certainly a lot of the things that I really try to warn the leaders that I work with is the degree of change that's required in this approach. It is a big change management undertaking when you're um, really doing a collaborative, empowering culture. You want to make sure that you're not just tossing the work to the employees and saying, well, you figure it out now. <laughs> that you, we really have to train up the employees, you know, in say if they're um, being able to be involved in strategy development or in strategy execution. They need training. They need coaching. They need yes. time and support to learn these new skills and to, you know, help sort out the new way that you're going to be having your culture built. And so I just really encourage the leaders that I work with to acknowledge this will take time. This will take training, patience with one another, grace with one another to be able to learn at, together. And, and especially vocalizing that with your employees as you really involve them more and build a culture 
be really upfront. We're learning together. We're gonna, you know, let's be open when we fall down and we help one another back up. So I really just try to magnify that this is a change. And so really support employees through it. And also for the leaders to have compassion for themselves. Uh, Maybe this is the first time that they've done a collaborative strategic planning process or the first time that they're intentionally designing their culture rather than letting it, you know, just build on its own by accident. So grace for themselves as they learn. And then certainly the other, um, you know, common pitfall or, you know, the friendly warning that I give them is change management takes time and resources. So having, it can't be a corner of the desk activity. It really does need some time and attention and resourcing from the executives, you know, from, you know, outside party like myself, a consultant to support them, or sometimes they have internal staff stay, say in HR or strategy departments. So not delegating at a hundred percent, but you do need to resource the time and attention that it takes to build strategy and to build culture. Thank you. I love that. I don't know if I've, I've heard it said in that way, but it can't be a corner of the desk activity. I, I love that thought. Uh, yeah, you can't just have it, right? And I have sticky notes on my desk right now. And so right, it's just giving the attention that I that it needs. It's yeah. really powerful. And, and change management, something we were randomly talking about before we came in was, was lakes and canoes and kayaking. And so I often um, my husband and I will often get on a kayak together and we'll laugh because sometimes other people can't seem to get that rhythm going together. Yeah. And it makes me think yeah. of just what you said about change management is you really do have to dedicate the time to get that rhythm yes. to go faster. And so exactly. sometimes you have to pause and talk to each other or learn or switch technique. And yeah. you could have just kept rowing, but you're going to be so much slower yes. and so much more exhausted than if you could get on the same page in the same pace. So, yeah, that just <laughs> our conversation before and what you just said, for those that like visuals, right? Yeah. How do you get yeah. your team all rowing, right? Efficiently and effectively exactly. where, where people aren't exhausted. Yeah, exactly. And it takes such courage to take that time out and say, yes. okay, let's get on the same page because there's always demands each week and each month and the busyness of each day. But taking the courage to pause, whether it's a two hour workshop or a two day offsite or a series of meetings, it, it does take that courage to pause and get on the same page. How do we want to interact with one another? How do we want to behave here? What does our strategy need of our culture? And what does our culture benefit our strategy? It takes a lot of courage to take that pause and to get on the same page and then to start that rowing. I love that analogy of getting into the rhythm together and setting those clear expectations. And then you can really gain speed and really be able to you know, make big, big impact. I love that. I love, yeah, no, thank you. I think that's so important. And the courage to pause, gosh, like, um, Trina gets my courage candy text, but I just think that's so important, right? I think 
often we we're like, okay, we have to do more and more and better and better. And, and how can we have the courage to pause? And I think we often think of it as individuals prioritizing rest, but also we have to do this as a team. Yeah. Exactly. To get on the same page, because often we're just scurrying, doing our own work and you're, you know, wanting to do exceptional work and then being able to come together. It is energizing and that relationship building. And how are we going to do our work together in a way that, you know, best serves the strategy and best serves the culture? Awesome. Thank you. Well, if anyone has a question currently, you can drop it in the chat. Uh, and, and Tammy said she's watching from Rocky View County. So hello, hello, Tammy. <laughs> and she said she yeah. worked with you before, Trina. Yes, so yes. always great to, to have time. science on. That's yes. great. Hi, Tammy. <laughs> and so Trina, I'd love to know from you. There's a lot of people who are going to be who are hearing from you from the, for the first time, um, or maybe thinking about integrating their strategy and culture. And so if you can share with us just some some final thoughts um, and, and encouragement around integrating strategy and, and culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's the intentionality, the way that we started off our discussion today is um, courage, the courage to be intentional about your strategy and about your culture and that, you know, strategies not more important than culture and culture is not more important than strategy. The whole, you know, culture eats strategy for breakfast. I think they really, you just, they have to be together. They have to be intertwined. You want to make sure that your place is a great place to work. Top performers want to be there, want to do a fantastic job and the relationships that are formed there and the work that's delivered is because of your culture. People want to be there. And, you know, making some hard decisions about your strategy, where to put your resources, where to focus your time and attention to make the biggest impact that you're trying to do for your customers, for your employees. And so I think it's just really crucial that both are top of mind for executives and having the intentionality behind it and the courageous approach to have a human-centered leadership style and to bring the strategy and the culture together as you, you know, lead your people and lead your organization. It's, you know, the best path forward in this new, really challenging work era that we can serve our clients, serve our staff that way. I love that. And thank you for being a courageous leader. Um, so not only are you talking about how, how do we model courageous leadership, but you're modeling it in, in your firm, in what you're doing with clients. And so I'm just grateful for you uh, and, and the courage work and the leadership that you're doing because it, it can be difficult, yeah. right? It's not always comfortable. It usually yeah. isn't comfortable for okay. most of us to be <laughs> courageous. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's always helpful to just remind yourself that, you know, other people are out there trying to do the same good work as you and just encourage one another to keep going. And we're going to make a lasting impact for this generation and for the next generation that can really be courageous and human centered in our work. 
I love it. And yeah. we were talking before and you mentioned it, but I'm like, I, I think we, we got to have a courage conference. Um, yes. We got to, we got to have you, you come uh, to the U S and, and speak in a courage conference. So yes, anyone listening, if you want to host this courage conference or, or, or partner with us, I honestly think Courage is one of the biggest missing components in leadership today, in culture today, in yeah. conversations today. And if we had more courageous, what I call change agents, right? Yeah. Change agents and leaders. Yeah. I mean, just wow. Wow. Our organizations, our communities, our households, right? This is something, yeah. courage is something that goes across um, Right. It's not just work or not just home. So, sure. yeah, we would love to just know your thoughts on, you know, tell those people out here. We'll give them a little extra. But, you know, why did you decide to name your firm Hello Courage? Yes, yeah, certainly. Certainly. Yeah. The Hello Courage. It's a it's um, really I think it's a dream for the future that work can be um, and work and life. Um, my arena that I, you know, have the most expertise in is work and, you know, cultures and supporting executives. And so I really think that human-centered leadership is the way of the future. You know, the new generation wants to be involved in their work. They want to be heard. They want to be valued and belong a sense of belonging. And they want to do great work. They want to contribute their talents, make the world a better place. And so I just think that we can lead in that way, but it's really tough. We haven't <laughs> seen it done much before. It, it often, you know, it's not making everyone happy. It's not being soft. It's not any of those things. We still have to make hard decisions. I, I call courageous leadership combining accountability and humanity. Mm. So I, my little formula, courageous leadership equals accountability plus humanity. And I think that that's the new era of work. Everyone wants to contribute. They want to deliver and be given the resources and the tools and the training to do so. And that's the humanity side is really caring about the people that you work with as people, not just yeah. as the output outputs that they produce. And so um, that's the whole philosophy behind the hello courage. And the, the hello is basically, you know, saying hi to your courage deep within you every moment and every day, because you have to dig deep and say like, okay, I can do this. I'm going to, you know, make the right decision, even when it's hard. And I'm going to, you know, do the best I can for my employees and for my customers and for the impact that we're making in the world. So that's the hello courage component of um, my consulting and facilitation firm. And we're really just helping our leaders to be courageous, to make those tough decisions and to be really clear with, with their employees and to get their clarity from the employees. And so bringing in that courage and that kindness and that really just big impact through I do consulting and facilitation and then you know the leaders lead their organizations and so I think it's a good reminder to have courage as part of our daily life and I followed you for a long time and really appreciate all of your courage teaching and speaking because I think yeah the world can use more courage 
Oh, thank you. That was just so beautiful. And so I'm going to let us take away that formula. Courageous leadership equals accountability plus humanity. Something to definitely think about. I'm going to be sharing that with our Courage Candy group next week because I think that's something great to reflect on is accountability and humanity. And something I believe is courage isn't just a virtue, right? It's a catalyst for transformation. And so how can we use courage to catalyze and transform our workplaces and communities? Trina, you are doing this amazing work. Uh, in Western Canada. I am so grateful that we were able to just share uh, some of the amazing work you're doing. And if you can tell us where can people find you who are listening or watching? Yes, certainly. So um, hello-courage.com where you can check out website and then really active on LinkedIn and Facebook under Trina McCarroll. And yeah, love getting in touch with really collaborative you know, human-centered leaders who might need a hand with, you know, they have a lot on their plate. Sometimes they just need an extra hand to do these big projects. So love to get in touch with really collaborative human-centered leaders and making a big impact. Thank you. We will link in the show notes uh, just Trina's information so you can have those direct links as well. And don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions. We want to celebrate Trina and her work. So when you're watching or listening to this later, because lots of people come back and do it, please put some encouragement in the chat so we can cheer her on and the work that she's doing. Thank you all for being here for episode 58, Integrating Strategy and Culture. We will see you again soon. And if you don't take anything from this, right, take to be courageous and do the things that you personally need to do to be a courageous leader. So thank you, Trina, for being here. Really appreciate it. Have a great day. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of Conversations with I Follow the Leader. We appreciate you. Be sure to subscribe to receive new episode alerts. To learn more about the firm, go to ifollowtheleader.com. I also want to encourage you, whether you're a change agent or leader, you can be a part of the solution. Now let's go make a positive impact and push the pace of progress. The world needs us.